Welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. Join Chris and Drew, two self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience as they walk you through the alcohol business and how today's headlines affect the industry. Each week, the guys will be joined by a special guest that will help them break down these stories and offer their own expertise to the podcast. So, pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and sit back. This is the Good Bottle Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Chris Sinclair, your host with the most for this evening. Uh, And I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Drew Garrison. Hi, guy. How you doing, buddy? That was... I'm doing good. That was like that was like almost a fade out, but kind of like not. So it's like a tease. It's a tease fade out. It's what I bring, man. I'm like, I, you know, we got to like you got to keep people guessing every single time. That's really it. And and speaking of speaking of that. um, So so last last week's episode, we had a we had to split it because apparently having so many people in that room. And so many people contributing it just made this file size that was like ridiculous. And so you know, we ended up staying up much later than we wanted to. Like our whole <laughs> yeah. plan was like to record and get the hell out of there. And then we ended up yeah, just being just as late. We're also old guys. So like getting home to our families and like seeing our kids is something that we enjoy every once in a while. It's totally lame. Um, yeah, but yeah, then, yeah. so, so, so what, so what we did was, you know, we, we split the episode and then we ran this new commercial for, for anchor, which is, which is the streaming, um, which is like the system that we use to upload the podcast. And, and we definitely encourage people to use it. Like if you want to start a podcast, just do it. It's fun. It's, it's relatively easy. Um, there's just different ways that you're going to stretch yourself out with it. But when we did the commercial, we did it with the mindset of this will play at the beginning of the episode, but we forgot what we had actually recorded. So like we had to do the split. So then Chris was like, let's put it right in the middle of it, you know, as the commercial break and it would be great. And then it's like at the end of the commercial, it says, let's start the show, which now is <laughs> now exists in the beginning, in the middle of the freaking episode. So our good buddy, Justin, former, former guest was just like, it's like, you know what? It's, it's always something. I mean, he was very complimentary. We're going to make him do a commercial for us though. So it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be good. So we want right. to let, we want to let people know we, we, we fully, we, we now know what we did but i i will say that editing decision was made at um at a very late hour for two old dads so that's right um so that was so that was it but enough of the past we're moving towards the future and i'm very 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 excited um we were talking briefly before the podcast uh started just about you know all the all the different creators that have emerged in our industry and, and just got on much bigger platforms over the past year. And this is someone that came onto my radar last year because he talks about um, so many things that I care about. And and it doesn't and it doesn't come off preachy ever. And he doesn't ever sound like an asshole, which is where I always sound like an asshole. So like he he has found like Same. this really beautiful like he's yeah, he's found like this beautiful <laughs> middle ground where like like how does he do it? So um so, so tonight's guest is a digital content creator, a slayer of celebrity tequila brands, and overall just really nice guy. Lucas Assis, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us, who are you and what are you sipping on? What's up, guys? Uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, uh, kind of like you said, I, you know, I love what you said about how this whole pandemic uh, made us in this industry find new ventures. Uh, and pretty much that's what happened with me. You know, uh, once the first shutdown happened, 
uh, you know, we're all at home. Both my jobs closed. One, like, closed for good uh, a month after the first shutdown. And I just was in this place of, like, okay, what do I do? And all my regulars started texting me and, and uh, messaging me, hey, like, we really missed your cocktails. Can you do it to go? And I started thinking, like, you know what? Like, sure, maybe it's not legal anymore and I don't do it anymore, just to make it clear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but during that time, I feel like, you know, I don't think they're going to care that I'm making some to-go cocktails here. And I said, yeah, for sure. Let, let, like, tell me what you want and I'll start making cocktails. And they started telling their friends and their friends. And uh, it started with a really cool thing that I started putting out menus every Tuesday. Uh, and then people would order it by Wednesday. And then I delivered the cocktails until the next Tuesday. Uh, and it really kept me busy for like three, four months of the pandemic, where I would literally leave the house around 9, 10 in the morning and come back at 5 when I was driving all over L.A., uh, there was no traffic back then, so I could get from one side of LA to the other with no trouble, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so I started getting a following from that, and it was it also kept me busy because then I would get home, and then me and my wife would juice limes and lemons and make syrups, you know, to like midnight, and then I would bottle all the cocktails, and then the next morning it would take off. Uh, but it kept my creativity going with uh, making cocktails, uh, learning more about agave spirits and all that. Uh, but also created this following that I started to to gain on Instagram, actually. Um, and then with that, a couple of my friends started telling me, like, hey, you should really get on TikTok. And I was like, what do you mean TikTok? Like, I'm not even going to download that. Uh, I've heard about it. But, you know, I feel like that's an app for, like, kids that were dancing and making funny videos. Um, and then she was like, no, 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 go on there, follow these people. There's, like, this growing, you know, side of TikTok that's, like, really thirst for knowledge uh, and there's this like craft cocktail side of TikTok as well. So I followed a couple of the guys and I started, you know, just checking it out. And I started posting some videos of just making cocktails and it started getting a little bit of traction that I was like, okay, cool. This is cool. Like, you know, you're getting, you know, a couple thousand views on a, on a, on a video without any followers. And that's what I think the, the algorithm of TikTok is so crazy, right? Because you can have no followers, but go viral at the same time. Um, and I then, you know, uh, always... In, I always had this love for agave spirits, and I always felt a certain type of way even before all this following. And then um, I made a video that I was like, you shouldn't buy celebrity-owned tequila. And that's my first video that I was like, oh, this might actually turn into something. Um, and it just combined that I was like, I was you know, talking about my passion uh, with agave spirits, sustainability, you shouldn't buy celebrity-owned tequila. Uh, but people were listening. And there's this like... Thing I think that happened at the same time with this boom of tequila and also people really wanted to support, um, you know, Mexican producers and celebrating the culture. Um, a lot of it is like, you know, uh, kids of immigrants that want to go back to their roots, which is so cool to see um, them trying to support agave spirits that are, you know, produced the right way and done sustainably and all that. And um, I love what you said that uh, <laughs> I try to say what I what I think without so sounding like an asshole. <laughs> Um, so it's always like, you know, <laughs> drink what you like, but you shouldn't drink this, you know? Um, so yeah, so I started, <laughs> so I started talking about, no, I think that I, and, yeah, I think it's great. And, and, and again, like, you know, people who have listened to this podcast, anyone who's ever, you know, asked me a question about celebrity, agave, you know, agave, like I've definitely, I've definitely softened my stance. Like I still don't believe in it and support it. I mean, I definitely bought one of your shirts, the ones that say, you know, you shouldn't oh, buy man. celebrity tequila. So like, I definitely I have one that. of those. Um, 
but uh but yeah i mean i think there's there's always ways to go about it one of the other things that that i think is i think is really cool and and it's and it's a it's a unique problem that that we have and it's like when you're excessively passionate about about mexican spirits you know just spirits from from a different part of the world in general like you know there's there's always this um i think like there's this mindset that you need to have where it's like, it's like hey i'm a guest here but i'm a huge fan of it and i want to acknowledge that i'm a guest and stuff like that and one of the things that that i picked up on early from you and it, it actually really resonated with me where you, where you were like you're like hey guys i'm not mexican i'm brazilian so mm-hmm. I want everybody to be aware of that. And that was like, and I don't know if you're, if you still hit that note, you know, as much anymore, but I, I think it's, I think it's important because, um, you know, cause sometimes there's people are kind of like, it's like, well, you know, why are you the person speaking about this? You know, why not, why not them? Why not give them the platform and, and stuff like that? And, and I totally agree with that as well. It's like, it's like, Hey, no, let's give everybody a platform, but that doesn't mean that we're, you know, well, that we can't talk about it because we're not from Mexico. It was like, it was like, we love these things. Like we love these families that we've got to spend time with. And if we do have these platforms, like let's scream it from the rooftops and, and get people excited about it. But I just wanted, I wanted you to know that I really appreciate how you acknowledge that. And then how you kind of have that same mindset of like, it's like, yeah, I'm a guest here and I'm really mm-hmm. stoked to be invited. You know, like that's, um, that's a really rad uh, part of just, I think kind of, kind of your up, upward trajectory as well is that you've always kind of kept that going too. So I, I wanted you to know that. that. I appreciate that, man. Hey, that's exactly what I wanted to say, you know, and it's like, I say it sometimes as well. Like I'm not saying that you should only drink uh, uh, Mexican owned tequila brands. Cause there's a lot of foreigners that are being celebrated in the industry for celebrating totally. the culture and absolutely. not right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and it's uh, very much that same fact that you said, like, I'm a guest here, but I want to scream to the rooftops of how amazing this is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it, it sucks when you have people, like, tell you that, like, you're not allowed to talk about it. Like, you're not allowed to be a fan of it, you know. And that's something that, that unfortunately, sometimes that we run into, like, with at my job is, you know, my my portfolio is ridiculous. Like, we have, in my opinion, probably the best collection of, of Mexican spirits in the state of California. And oh, we get to work with some of those amazing families and we're extremely blessed to do so, but we bust our fucking asses right, to right. make sure that people know about these producers and that they're, and that they're consuming it. And then more importantly, that they're reordering it, right? Cause this is still yeah. a business and this is still those things, exactly. and then, you know, and there's sometimes where, you know, you get this feedback loop where it's just kind of like, like, Oh, we don't like these distributors are ruining the category because they're charging so much or it's like, like, you know, it's like, how come I'm going to a Mezcal tasting and some white guy up there, they're talking and it's just kind of like, well, there's a bunch of different reasons. <laughs> like, <Right>. It's <laughs> not just one thing. It's not like yeah. where, you know, like I'm telling like Romulo or, or Beto's like, you stay in Oaxaca. You do not come up here. It's like, that's not the case at all. It's just kind of like, it's exactly. just not as, con- it's not as conceivable to be like, Hey, you're going to come to Sacramento for a night and do a Mezcal right. dinner and then, and then fly back to Oaxaca. It's like, fuck out of my face with this. So, um, no, so that's that's good. What are you uh, What are you sipping on? Because like you have a very impressive bar behind you, and I know that I've watched <laughs> you drink lots of really great stuff, and I've seen you drink a lot of not so great stuff. So what are you right. sipping on tonight? <laughs> uh, so I'm sipping on Tusca. Have you guys heard about this? No, um, no. So uh, I'm brand new to this as well, and I love that. Like the more I learn about agave spirits, the more I learn that I don't know shit about agave spirits. Uh, there's just yeah, so yes. many and it's yes. so regional, you know, and I love that. Um, 
So there's this, I went to Valle de Guadalupe uh, like two weeks ago with some friends. Uh, it's the wine country in Mexico. One of my favorite yeah, places hell yeah. ever. Mm. Uh, and there is this uh, tequila shop. I don't know if you guys know, between like uh, R- Tijuana and Valle de Guadalupe. It's right next to Rosarito. Um, so it, it's just like you go in and you think it's just this like little, like middle of nowhere, little market. And then you make a left and it's like tequila heaven. There's, they just have everything there. Uh, and then Don Blas, he's like, you know, this older guy, he's like 84. Um, and he just talks your ear about anything you want. Like, tell me what's good. So he kind of walked me through for like an hour. And then he told me about Tusca, which is essentially pretty much like the first mezcal ever. Um, so this is made like kind of like mezcal ancestral. So it's the pinions are cooked. Um in from the so sorry so from the southern part of Jalisco and Colima, that's where it comes from. Um, so they cook it in the, the underground pits like a, a mezcal ancestral wood, and they cover it with the bagasso and everything. Um, and then they the crushing process also has to be on a volcanic rock. So then they cook it, and then they with the mallets uh, crush mm. it, add water, and then the fermenting actually goes on in underground pits of volcanic rocks as well. Um, and okay. then they cover that with like sand or uh, like with a tarp and then sand, and then they distill it in the Filipino stills. Um, oh. Yeah, so I was reading a bunch about it recently, and there's all these discoveries of like fermenting and uh, underground pits that are, have been there for hundreds of years around the volcano in Colima. Um, and it has to do with the, um, in Colima, they drink this fermented sap of the coconut tree of palm trees. Uh, it's called tuba, which comes yeah. directly from the Philippines, right? Uh, so Correct. the, the yep. Spanish came, brought the Philippines, and then they kind of merged together. And then they started making vino de coco uh, with fermenting the tuba with the Filipino stills. And then they taught the native Mexicans then to distill pulque or the, the fermented agave. Um, and then the Spanish was like, no more vino de coco. We're trying to bring brandy here. You guys can't make that anymore. And then they moved solely to making mezcal pretty much. And that's where Tusca comes from. It's from this like small little area between Jalisco and Colima. Um, and it's like a real, real funky mezcal pretty much. That's so cool. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's actually so, so like, so you bringing up tuba is actually the reason. And I think definitive proof that Filipinos brought distillation because, you know, Absolutely. you, cause you can have a lot of, like, you can have a lot of arguments, especially if you're talking with a Mexican national, right. It's like, they will tell right. you like, no, we were doing it before, but it's yeah. like that word didn't exist in Mexico prior to the Filipinos being brought over. So it's exactly. like, you know, to me, I'm kind of like, I'm like, there it is. Like, there's your, there's, right. there's the, there's a the magic bullet, man. It's, it's, it's done. Conversation's yeah. over. That yeah. word alone and it mm-hmm. being the fermented, you know, in that, in that stuff is the, um, is the fermented coconut juice. So, so Chris, you, you've had this stuff, but you had the distilled version of it. It's the Lampanog yep. that I have at my house, yep. which is, yeah. which is not great. It's not great stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But, but that's, you know, the, the, the lumpenog is you know, the cocoa, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
It's intellectually yep. stimulating, is what we'll say. Mm, I love that very much. So that. it's it's such a it's such a perfect like um like I have like a little three seven five of it that my boss got for me in the Philippines from like two or three years ago, nice. and um and I still have over half that bottle because basically like the people who come to my house that like that want to like have kind of that education like that's part of it right it's like you have to try this this is part of getting from here to here like this is part yeah. of that story. Um, so that's so great. I've never, I think there's not too many people that I've talked with that like know about like the tuba and stuff like that. So like, <laughs> you're just another, there's another bonus point. Like you're the fucking coolest guy ever. So this is amazing. <laughs> um, Appreciate okay, it. Chris, Chris, what hey, are you hey, go, wait, 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 let's go, let's go back okay. uh, to the Tuska. Uh, uh, for our listeners, since they, can you put, put what you're, uh, drinking the Tuska on a, on a scale? Let's say if it's like. Between this that something somebody might know and this that someone might know, uh, mm. I, let's say on a, like a fruity level and a smoky level, maybe a salinity level. Like what? Like it because it's fermented it underground near a volcano. Right. Does that does that impart so, volcano flavors? I don't know what that would be. It's but. very minerally. <laughs> um, so I'd say that it's like, and I'm spending more and more time with it, right? But. So it's made with two, uh, it's like a, it's an ensemble, right? Uh, so the Lineño, which is a, uh, a version of the uh, Espadín, but that grows in Colima in Southern Jalisco. And then the Amarillo, which is another agave too. But I get, just think like this, a, a smoky Espadín mixed in with like cachaça or like rum agricole, like that funkiness of Jamaican rum or Brazilian cachaça. Um, very grassy as well. I, I'd say it's a mix between those two. That's dope. That's so fire. Yeah. I, I got I have to find it. I have to find it. Yeah, I, from what I've researched and stuff, uh, this insecto is the one that you can find in the U.S. Um, okay. Yeah. Insecto. Okay. Yeah, I'm right. I'm writing that bad boy down. I'm drinking a, a new favorite of mine, uh, and by new, like new this year, uh, uh, the El Tecaleño um, Reposado Rare. Um, nice. Uh, it's a six-year Reposado. Uh, a, the reason reason being that it's aged in pipon, which are like 500-gallon vats, versus uh, you know the the necessary uh, you know 50-gallon or 55-gallon um, you know whiskey barrels or mm-hmm. you know. Or smaller, if you want, but uh, because because <laughs> uh, Mexico has that has that ruling on it that that you need a certain amount of wood contact to be considered an añejo or an extra añejo, and this has enough aging to be an extra añejo. Um, but that that huge amount um, means less less um, uh, wood contact with the liquid, um, and it's always neutral wood at that point in time too. Um, so you're not getting a ton of that influence. You're just getting a lot of oxygen and a lot of age. Uh, you are getting like a little bit of wood, but because of that also you maintain like this great earthy, um, fresh quality to it. Even after six years, uh, this stuff is dope. Um, it, it's definitely a little pricey. Um, but I, I'm in love with it. I think it's, it's one of the few that go over $200, uh, and go over, you know, four years, five years of aging in agave that I think is worth every single penny. I, I still haven't had that. Oh, dog! I'll sh- I'll send you a little yeah. sample, man. This stuff is like incredible. Oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I love it. 
I'll, I'll trade samples. you samples for the food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Drew, I gave you a little bit of this uh, last time you were at the shop, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. It's spectacular. I mean, I think I think everything that they do um, is, you know, it's just something to get really excited about. And you know, I hate to hate to bury you on this one, Chris, but it's like you know, we I do these I do these private tequila tastings and things like that, and. One of the ones that I always like to include is the mixto that they do, yeah. um, and yep. I remember like when I Chris I told you about it, you're like you're like so like, they have a mixto, and I was like I was like dude, you're going there next week. Yeah, it's like, true. Yes, like it's true. Like, 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 like how do you not know that? <laughs> well, you um, know what's really funny about that is like I think I think Stefan uh, um, Gina Cast- uh, Castillo's uh, husband, um, uh, uh, who's their brand ambassador? Or like, uh, just, uh, just, she's just, the, she's their she's their global industry outreach director or some fancy name like this. She's a badass. That's all you got to really know. Uh, her husband, who is their national brand ambassador in the, in the States, when he came to see me, I think he told me that that was their, like their mixto. And he's like, do you want to taste it? I was like, nah, why do I want to taste the mixto? He's like, yeah, that's fine. I, don't, I, I understand. But then when I was there and then like, I just immediately wiped my brain of a fucking mixto. Cause why would I care about a mixto until I had right. it? And then I was like, Oh, I fucking get it. This is rad. This is really good. Like more people should be drinking this because it's delicious. In my head, Mixto is still just fucking Cuervo gold. Right. So. Right. And and just for the the reminder or for to, you know, let our listeners at home, the the Mixto is is a type of tequila you can make. So so usually what you're seeing now and most of the things that we tend to drink tend to be 100 percent agave. A Mixto is going to be around 51 percent agave. And then it's going to be a combination of like sugar and water that used to fill in and basically just increase yield. So what you're going to have is something that kind of tastes like tequila but then overall ends up being a lot more affordable because you have so much water and extra stuff that that's sort of in there. So historically speaking, the most infamous one, as Chris just pointed out, is the Jose Cuervo Gold, which we were all issued when we were 17 years old and immediately made sick. So we never wanted to drink it again. Um, so it's, you know, it, it obviously doesn't have the best reputation, but when you, so then when you introduce this one and you tell someone like, hey, it's a mix though, it's definitely that reaction of like, why the fuck would I want to taste this? And you're like, because this can actually be executed well. And that was, yeah. that is something that, that, you know, I well, wasn't aware of until ha- I, if you want to have a, a like a, an OG Batanga, then you need to use the uh, El Tecaleno, uh, you know, that's, that's it's true. What you got to do. It's true. Which is the tequila yeah, and Coke. Start, again with a, for... start with a knife. That you used to make yeah. guacamole not too long ago. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going from one thing to the next. Drew, what are you? What are you? What are you sipping on there, buddy? So, so I had a ridiculous day of tasting, right? And I was thinking about it, and I was like, I was like, okay, I'm looking at my collection, and I, I was like, I was looking at this cognac. I was like, oh, cognac can be a little bit cool and different and stuff like that. I don't think I've had this cognac on the show yet. But then I was like. I have to talk about the things that I drank today because it's dumb. It makes no sense. The lineup that I just had. And so I, I was, um, I got a call from a buddy and he was like, Hey, I'm going up to one of the shops that we both go to and I'm going to be busting out a bunch of the different stuff. And I was like, hey, I really love to go, but I can't I got too much stuff going on today. I had this meeting scheduled stuff like that. And then, um, they call me again. They're like, Hey, we just opened up the black tot last consignment. Where are you? 
and it's like, well, I'm still at home. I'm supposed to start this call in two minutes. If he doesn't call me, I'm going to, I'm going to come up. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste any more time. Sure enough, he does not call me. And I was like, I'm coming. I'm, I'm on my way. And so, and so I end up, you know, sitting down and it's not just that stuff. So I, I'm going to, I'm just going to read off to you guys what I ended up drinking today. And then you can go ahead and just be like super, super jealous. Um, so I had the Leopold Brothers three chamber rye whiskey, which was incredible. Absolutely. It, it, Todd Leopold again. Un, unreal. Easily, easily the most perfect whiskey. Not maybe not the most, but easily a perfect whiskey. Yeah, I, it's just it's it's super. There are great. no flaws in it. Uh, it's it's a ten out of ten, a fifteen out of ten. It's an incredible fucking whiskey. It's a very expensive bottle, so you are paying for that perfection. But holy yep. crap, it was really impressive. Yep. Um, then I had the Impex Collection Forty Year Blended Scotch, which might be my new favorite whiskey of all time. Now, uh, the the theory is it's a bunch of uh, um, Edinburgh distilleries and then on top of that they of course with it being those distilleries so you're talking like mccallan highland park things like that uh it was in a sherry cask so it's just it was just fucking pretty again i did the black tot last consignment which i'll say i have not had in probably four years four or five years and i remember the last time i had it so again for the, the black tot last consignment was the uh, the last reserves of rum that used to be issued to the British Royal Navy. When that practice stopped in the 70s, all that rum just kind of disappeared. And then it was kind of refounding it in the early 2000s has been bottled and it has a finite supply before it's completely gone. Right. So, so when I had it a couple of years ago, I was like, I was like, man, it's just, it's, it's really hot. It only tastes like wood. It just, it wasn't my favorite thing. My palate now being able to identify even more so like different rums is because I liked rum back then, but I didn't have the experience that I had now, which I just think is I think it's one of those, it's like the best thing about drinking. I tell this to people all the time. It's like, just drink as much as you can because your palate's only going to get better. And this was proof positive that I enjoyed this rum so much more than I did the first time. And I was like, and I've always kind of been like, oh, you know, I can get one because I can get it at cost and it'll be, it'll be fine. But I was always kind of dismissive of it because it wasn't that good to me. And now I'm kind of like, God damn it. Now I need a bottle. So, <laughs> um, so, so we did that one. And then the list goes on Springbank. 17 year Madeira cask matured. That was super God fun. God damn it. God damn it. Yeah. Dude, also, the, also the, arguably a, a, one of the more, more perfect fucking whiskeys on the face of the planet. Did Jesus. the Kilhoman seven year Mezcal cask scotch whiskey. Did the 2015 tequila Ocho extra Añejo. And then the, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, I did some, uh, the Lalacura. Which one was this? Mezcal. Uh, not seeing what agave it was. It was delicious. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, anything and then from there the, will be delicious. Right. And then the Mazonte Tepe. And that was my, that was the tasting I got to do earlier today. Man, and I don't, rad. and it's like one of those, it's like one of those things like you don't want to brush your teeth, you know? Yeah. You're like, I want this, <laughs> I want this ridiculous palette to, to stay like this forever. So, um, so it was super fun and it was, and it was great. And, um, you know, again, it just go out there and try as many different things as you possibly can, because it's just, you there, it, it was just great. It was just so much, super fun. I hope everybody gets to experience it. And if you haven't experienced anything like that, just hang out with me more because I find situations like that. 
just all the time. <laughs> so, I, know, I think we need to hang out more. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's just like so you, you know, you bring up you bring up some weird shit. I'll bring some weird shit, and it'll be uh, it'll be fun. So, uh, oh, yeah, so yeah, so you, you was, hang. You spend you spend you know a week hanging out at Good Bottle, and all of a sudden you've had you've had a lot of that. It's fucking great. Well, just that's to be I mean, yeah. And, and, and I think that you know, again, the, the people that I get to work with, it's it's super great because you know you do have. Uh, a bunch of people who really do care about a lot of the stuff, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, that you care about Lucas and like the, the families that, that are behind them and stuff. And, you know, the fortunate thing is like, you can get behind these brands and then they like, they like taste amazing. You're like, you're like, so not only do they do it quote unquote, right. They're doing these in these traditional ways or pushing the envelope in the, in the right way, but they're just super dope. And I love that. And, um, it just tastes amazing. So it was, it was a really, really cool day. And, um, yeah, super, super awesome. lucky. But yeah, I like I said, I don't, I don't want to ruin it now. Like I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like brush my teeth, wash my hair, any of that. <laughs> I just wanted to, I wanted to stick with me forever. But, um, but now I think we need to. It's time for our opinion on facts that we've heard from uh, reputable sources. Okay, so first topic today, and and I and I'm gonna really gonna bring it back around to you, Lucas. So it's like it's gonna seem like this has nothing to do that anything that you've talked about for the past year, but I can tell you that I was trying to do the roundabout thing with you. I didn't want to go with the obvious stuff, you know. I didn't want to go with Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to grow his brand, you know, his Lobos tequila. I didn't want to talk about The Rock releasing his Anejo today. I was like, it's too easy. It's too easy. We're going to push the envelope. So first story is about the domination of six breweries in the beer world. And I want to break down these numbers for you guys. Um, Molson Coors produces 4.6% of all the beer in the world, right? So you're kind of like, that's not a lot. But it's like you think about the entire world, 4.6%. Heineken is at 12.2%, okay? And then your big dog is going to be InBev. 25.7% of the world's beer is, is produced. Now, from there, then you get into like um, Boston beer and then Sierra Nevada, and you kind of round out your top six. But again, over half of your beer in the world is produced just solely by these six companies under different brands. Now, how this circles back to our tequila aficionado tonight is that that is the exact same situation in tequila right? That mm-hmm. you have hundreds mm-hmm. upon hundreds of brands, sometimes just coming from one place and, but they're all different labeled and stuff like that. And so we, and we've talked about them with like noms and how you, how you identify them. But when you see this stuff and you, you know, and you see it in beer and then you know that it exists in, in tequila, I mean, Lucas, you've taken those extra steps. Like you're trying to find those family owned brands and stuff like that when it comes to agave spirits. Do you do that with your beer? And I mean, were you aware of like how staggering some of these numbers were in the beer business? Because I wasn't like I knew they were big and I knew there was some there was some pretty steep drop off from like the top to the bottom. But I didn't realize it was this bad. So I don't know. Throw throw that to you. Um, So I kind of had an idea about InBev. Um, I was surprised with Heineken, uh, how much they they make. But. Yeah, man, it, it is crazy. Uh, when I, I was to work at a restaurant here in LA, and we started off just being one of the best like 
uh, actually got like best beer program, I think, in the country, if not in the state. And then we also had like an amazing uh, whiskey program as well. Uh, and I was kind of in charge of the beer program. So I kind of, especially like the restaurant started off as being mostly craft. And as the time went on, they started losing that more and more. And then we saw InBev coming in and hitting us hard. Like all these deals, like if you buy this, we're going to give you all this. So the new owners were kind of leaning towards InBev, right? Uh, and then I right. got to see like how many brands they own. They, it's like, it's, you know, it's impossible to compete with. Uh, but even in LA too, like, well, in San Diego, right, they came one, like, month, I think, to California, and they bought Ballast Point for, like, a billion dollars. Yep. Uh, yep. And then they right. also came to L.A. and bought Golden Road for I don't know how many millions. Uh, so it's, like, these are the big names that we're seeing. We're not seeing all these craft breweries that are actually owned by InBev now, right, that are sold as craft. Uh, right. Right. Which, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, it's like you said, it's going on with tequila as well, you know. Uh, you have Diageo that comes in and buys all these brands, and they do this not only to tequila, but they do this to rum and to you know, all these other brands that they come in, uh, throw a lot of money at them, and then uh, it starts to lose its quality. Uh, and not to mention the the norms, like you said, these uh, distilleries that you know make a hundred hundred and fifty brands that are essentially the same thing. They're coming from the same diffuser, uh, you know. They just add a couple of more additives, a little bit more syrups on this one, a little bit more coloring on this one, a little bit more of the uh, extracts on this one. Uh, but it's essentially the same juice and it's sold off as uh, premium tequila at an insane price, like, you know, $500 a bottle or something insane. Uh, right. But yeah. Right. So, so to kind of give you an idea of like some of the brands that we're talking about, so like with InBev, um, Budweiser, Corona, Beck, Stella, Trois, Bud Light, Ho Garden, Bush, Modelo, Victoria. Victoria was the devastating one for me, right? Because I just was like, <laughs> I was like, not Victoria. You know, I'm I'm still gonna drink it because it's it it, it brings back good memories for me. Um, but then you get into you get into Heineken. So you know, obviously, they're gonna have the Heineken beer brand. We also have Cruz Campo, Alagem, Sol, um, Tecate, Sagres. And then you get into Molson Coors, which is going to have Miller, Foster's, Carlsberg. It's going to have Carlsberg beer, plus a couple other ones I don't necessarily recognize. And you get into a couple um, Chinese-owned uh, companies. And so, yeah, it's just it's just like seeing these numbers. And then, um, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when I was, was a little bit more into beer. And like I said, you, know, you kind of had those big companies. And then you had like the Boston Beer Company, which was, you know, still big but but actually like relatively small compared to like InBev and stuff like that and then you had like the sierra nevada and then it was just everybody else you know and like the, everybody else occupied like one percent of of the production but as you said now what you're seeing is you know the same thing with with the spirits companies is more and more companies are being bought up i mean i remember going up to portland a few years ago and it was like was like barrel brewery was like a big oh, deal barrel yeah, Timbrell, that's what it was. Timbrell. Mm -hmm. And um then they just started popping up little breweries all over the northwest because they got that big infusion of the of the InBev money and you're just kind of like you're like, "Oh, no." And then, you know, in in terms of the agave world, um it was announced, I think either today or yesterday that uh Mezcal Union was officially bought out by Diageo. Mm -hmm. 
Um, mm. And that's a brand that has been part of like their um, kind of like their prospect program, you know, like their minor league system that they invest in and try to do this stuff. So they've been long associated with them. They've been distributed and, you know, by them for, for a while now, but now it's official, right? Like now it's part of, it's part of the evil empire. It's now part of the dark side. And it's like, it's going to continue to grow. And I had like somebody reach out to me. They're like, they're like, who's like, it's like, how many more brands are going to get bought? Like, is this going to continue to happen? I'm like, absolutely. It is. Right. As it, will as are, it will always yeah, happen. Like, as long as things are, yeah. are popular, yeah. like, why would this, why would this not, you know, happen? So, um, well, you know, I remember the, I remember the conversation with beer, uh, like six, seven years ago and, and everybody was sort of freaking out, you know? Um, and, and at that point in time, a lot of it had to do with a large, large companies diversifying, right? So like investing in different sides of the beer world, but then also to gobble up potential competition before it becomes competition. So either they can like get rid of a brand and say, okay, well, we don't want this competing with us or just use that brand to make them even more money, uh, which is what we see all the time. I mean, and you see it, you see it across the board in every single, every single spirits category, every single beer, wine, fucking sake even, right? Like uh, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna stop uh, anytime soon, and um, you know I just you, you know I think I, I think you continue like you can you can find those brands that that you do want to support though, right? And I mean, and that's and, and Lucas, that's really kind of where you built a lot of your brand over the year, right? Was it's like it's like hey, sure, you can go into into your local grocery store, into your Costco's, whatever Total Wines, you can grab it out of the shelves, like or you do this a little bit more due diligence, and you can find out these people and stuff like that now. So I didn't know that you, you did have this beer experience. And so I, I have a question for you. Is it, what is easier to figure out the background on beer or agave spirits? I'd say agave spirits. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because like, I mean, maybe it's easier for me because I know the ways, um, yeah, so like yeah. you know, if, you, if you're doing tequila you just put the nom on tequila matchmaker and you see like okay there's like 15 brands made here maybe it's cool uh but then you go and check one out it's like oh there's a hundred brands made here there's no, you know mm-hmm. there's a diffuser at the distillery because mm-hmm. it tells you then i know it's going to be you know a crappy uh tequila uh i think for mezcal yeah. it gets a little bit more overwhelming because then you just don't know like you know like you don't even know where it, it right. might come from and uh, if you're barely starting into mezcal, right? Like, what kind of agave to use, and if it's right or not, and if I think the additives things is still like uh, not really talked about in mezcal, like it is in tequila right now. So I think you have a point that you know. Right. I think maybe it's easier for me, uh, but for I was I remember being surprised when like you know they came in and like even even in LA today, Golden Road is sold as like an independent small uh, brewery. But it's it's InBev as well, right? Hundred percent. So hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it is. Right. That's um. That's yeah. interesting. We had a we had a big falling out. There's a there's a Golden Road in Sacramento, and it was kind of a controversial location and stuff like that. And in it, but but you're right to kind of like the the mezcal stuff. I was I was having this conversation today about you know there's just been this this huge huge influx of um 
of different brands and potential brands and stuff. And, and actually I, you know, I learned recently and we, we became Facebook friends. So like we're super official now, but we're both in that <laughs> Mezcal society and the Mezcal oh, society right. is just like every, every two to three posts is like, is some pitch for a new Mezcal or like come import my stuff or do that. And you're just kind of sitting there like, Oh my God. And, and um, it, I think it is getting harder to, to kind of sort these things out because again, there's, there's this huge influx of brands. And then also, there isn't maybe necessarily the same types of checks and balances that you're seeing a little bit that you see a lot more in tequila. So like one of my favorite things right now is that, um, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of visiting uh, San Dionisio in Oaxaca and nice. um, it is a very, it's a small town, right? Like it's, this is not a, this is not a very big place. There are so many mescaleros from there. Like it's insane. Like to the point where like, I will text the guy that I know exists for, for real. And I'd be like, Hey, is this a real person? They're like, no, that's just my uncle's like code name, you know? And you're just kind of like, you're like, what is happening right now? You know, it's like, it's like, there can't be this many mescaleros in one small little town. And like, they're just, yeah. it's just, no, that's my uncle's alter ego. That's my cousin's alter ego. And it's just kind of <laughs> like, it's just, it's hilarious to me. And it just seems like every, every brand as of recently it's like they're all coming from there you know it's like right. you know, matatlan was was really popular a couple of years ago but like now it's all moved to there it's like it's like oh no we got to get further away from the city so that way people don't go check yeah. you know exactly so, <laughs> exactly and all these brands that are being protective of what you know who they're working with and where they're located and all that it's yeah it's yeah it's yeah. it's it's tough Drew, we often have this conversation about about uh, sort of the purity uh, test in in Mescal, and we we talk about how the selling out, the concept of selling out, right? Like, and 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 how we kind of like poo poo the idea of people getting really angry about about distilleries growing, right? Mm. Um, and, and you know, incorporating a little bit of technology and getting a little bit of money. You know, and that idea. But where where's the line on that on that like parabola? You know, because we're talking about about like Imbev owning all these all these brands, right? And which yeah, they own I, either minority or majority share. It's not like they're all coming out of the same brewery. That would physically be impossible. Um, and so, where's like where's that line? Okay, so you. like what like like is there is there a um is is there like a line in the sand like this is this is the demarcation that's like this is fucked up. I can't do this anymore or is it I don't know. Tell me. I think it's I think it's, I think it's a sliding scale cuz you know cuz again first of all, I believe that these producers are entrepreneurs and the fact that people don't refer to them as that really really um, gets people stuck in their own heads, right? Like, oh, it needs to be hand mashed and stuff like that. It's just kind of like, no, because if you ever had to hand mash agave every single day, you would not feel that way at all. Like you would just be like, you're like, nope, this is stupid. Bring in a roller mill, you know, or just get a Tohoto. Like this is ridiculous. So I so I do think it's important that, you know, we, we continue to further that discussion where, you know, these guys are absolutely artists and these women are artists in what they do, but they are also entrepreneurs. They are business people. This is a business and it doesn't last unless we are buying bottles and stuff like that. So making sure that I don't want anyone to think that I don't want these people to grow and sell their businesses and provide better, better lives for their families. I absolutely want that. Um, in terms of like, is there a line in the sand? It's like, it's like, no, 
there, I don't, I don't think that there is cause it's, it, it's things vary too much. Um, I think for myself personally, there's certain things like if you, the quality of your product starts to go down, then I'm probably out. It's like, okay, you've had too many influences on you. Like you're listening to too many other people, or maybe you're not distilling anymore because you've made too much money. Like you're like, like making mezcal is fucking hard. Like, and some people at a certain point are like, I don't want to work this hard anymore. And I don't blame them at all. So, so I think there's that where you can kind of look at it as like, okay, it doesn't taste as good anymore. The other thing is like, yeah, like the different influences. Like I recently saw a, um, a mezcal pachuga that's going to be bacon. And you're kind of like, why is that a thing? And, and this bothers me because, you know, pachugas are sacred. Pachugas are something that should be done in celebration of something. And if you are going to do a pachuga, and most of the time, like you are using the entire animal carcass, right? Because like, there's definitely, you know, boar pachugas and, and things like that. But to make cuts on on a pig and to only be using whatever it is, I don't, I don't even know. But it's like, it's the belly. You know, to, to, belly. To, to, to label it as bacon, as your pachuga, like that is a hundred percent pandering to a, you know, to a group of people that, that don't understand like what they're drinking. Cause like, like, Ooh, this is as bacon it like that to me is like, and this is, and, and I know I can look it up and I'll find it like immediately. Cause it's, it's not very common. Um, but it's just like, it's those stupid marketing things that you're, that you, that, that for me end up being the turnoff, you know, and it's, it's not that very small scale. And then it's at the huge scale, like the Don Julio and their new, prim, uh, primavera tequila right now like it's a complete fucking joke yeah like it's just it's it's ridiculous and um none of none of that makes sense so so i don't think that there's a there's not a hard line that's not like oh you got to this point or maybe you got to this production level and i'm like nope you made you made sixty thousand liters this year sorry guys i can't support you anymore like that's never gonna be (laughs) that's never gonna be my mindset or anything like that it's just it's always going to vary. And I wish I had a better answer for you, but like you just have to take it case by case because everybody's going to be a little bit different. And ultimately I want people to be successful. I want them to provide for themselves and for their families and stuff like that. And I, they do need to be treated as entrepreneurs. I don't know, Lucas, what do you think? Do you have a better answer or like something? Do you have a, like a, Oh, if you do this, you're out. <laughs> Not, dude, I, I think you said it better than I could. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, I think, there's some brands that I really like Marbien, for example, that, you know, they, they, they're very open to who they're working with. And it's like, if you guys want to work with them, go ahead. Uh, they're entrepreneurs. Like you said, I love that. Uh, and exactly like I, I've been to Santa Catarina Minas in Oaxaca as well. And it's another little town, in the middle of the mountains. And it's just like, everybody's making this there, Right. Um, yeah. But I don't have a line because I got to talk to the, the mezcaleros there too. And they said it like, look, um, I work with this brand, but it changed my life. You know what I mean? Uh, I can't work with anybody else. And I think this brand gets a lot of uh, hate because of that. Uh, Del Maguey, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, so they're very exclusive to mezcaleros that can only work with them and all that. And right. I think me speaking Spanish, um you know, he opened a little bit more to me and I kind of asked him, I was like, so what do you think of this? And he said, look, man, um, you guys can say whatever you want about the brand, but it's literally changed my life. I'm fourth generation. Uh, and you look around this Palenque, uh, you know, it's completely changed. And I put my son through vet school. My daughter lives in Mexico City. And, you know, all of this is because of the what I've been making mezcal. Um, yeah. I, 
I, I love that. And it's like, yeah, you got to respect that, you know? And I think we forget sometimes exactly that. The people making these amazing spirits that, like you said, they're artists and they're, you know, uh, crushing the agave for, with 12 hour, for like 12 hours with uh, wooden mallets and all that. But they also need to provide for their families, you know? Um, so it's, it's, I don't have anything on the line either that's like, if you do well, bacon, pechuga, I draw the line at that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna try it anti- one time, but I'm not gonna buy it. Yeah, join my anti-bacon pechuga uh, coalition. Yeah, yeah. I'll start that. That's, that's the next T-shirt. That's <laughs> the next T-shirt. Don't buy celebrity tequila or bacon pechuga. Yeah, I think I. You know, what one of the things that that I've said before, and I know resonates with people, but it's like, you know, often. Um, you know, people think that they're preserving tradition, but really what you're doing is you're preserving poverty, you know, and by force, by forcing people to do things a certain way, it's just, it's just completely, it's just, it's dumb. And, you know, I don't want to see it. And, and I, and it does like having those exclusive contracts, like it makes it hard. And like, there's definitely some lack of, um, transparency that you see with the, with the Delma gay brand, but, but you're right. I mean, and, and on the flip side, like there's people who now, will not work with that. Like I know that we have a brand within our portfolio that um, the producer also produces the Espadine for a major brand and has done really well for himself and has made a ton of money. And then when we took that brand to a, you know, a mezcal bar in California, they were like, no, that guy's made too much money. I can't support his brand. And it's just kind of like, you're like, what are you talking about? And it's just like, and I'll tell you guys who it is after, cause I can't say it. Uh, out right here but um but when i tell you who it is like you're gonna lose your fucking mind um but it's like it's like like how how do you make those justifications and again like it's not it's not on us because again what we're talking about earlier looks like we're visitors we are guests and we get to experience this and so it's like you know we're not dictating the terms we're just hopefully like we're, we're lucky to be on the ride and um and i hope there's never I hope there's never a point where, where I do have like a, like a, like there's a consistent line in the sand where like something like happens, you know, where it's just like, it's like, Oh, nope. They just passed that threshold, you know, like yeah. I'm out. Yeah. You know, I just, I hope that doesn't happen with Mezcal, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's always been, it's always been like, uh, like with tequila, it's, it's there, there are shortcuts and there's the ancestral, right. Um, and for me, it's like, if you take all the shortcuts, I'm out. Yeah. But if you like use one or two shortcuts, like as long as it still tastes good, I'm in, you know, yep, but right. like I haven't found a single one that uses every single shortcut that actually tastes somewhere near decent into like any realm that I would find enjoyable, even if I was shit face drunk. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just it just doesn't exist. But like on that note of preserving, uh, you know, uh, poverty, which is I mean, that's such a big concept that we could do a million fucking episodes on that. But just to draw a, a really solid, you know, parallel to that, we see that with Cuba all the time, right? Like mm. with people like, Oh, I need to go before it's ruined. You're like, you mean before people get money or like, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's what you're saying, right? Oh, like before, so I'm sorry before about that. A... <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's, it's the same concept. It's like, Oh, before like, no one's living in poverty or before like what what is that and so you see that in rum you see it in wine you see it definitely in 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 mezcal we see it with pisco 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's crazy. So I think people, like we said with this conversation, kind of need to pull their head out of their ass just a little bit and start seeing these people also as entrepreneurs, just like you're saying. Well, it's it's the it's the it's romanticizing, you know, poverty, right? And that was like something that we saw with La Mason Velier earlier earlier this year with the Claren rums, you know, yeah, and talking yeah. about it like. You know, like like it was just this glamorous life that these people were living in Haiti with dirt floors and no shoes. You're just kind of like, you're like, what the hell are you guys doing? Well, like, it's like this it's is like fucking eight one eight, dog. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like when you Lucas's when biggest takedown of all time. <laughs> yeah, when he made that. When you made that uh, that comment about using the sepia filter, I lost oh, yeah. my goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I started crying. I was laughing so hard. So, it was so good. So again, I, 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 you know, to to kind of bring it back to like to why Lucas is a big deal. You know, he does these videos where he talks about this stuff, and he does always emphasize like drink what you like. But the best thing about the eight one eight, which is Kendall Jenner, right? Yeah, I always, I, yep. I always mess this up. Yep, they approached you after you did the video right to like like hey this is what we're trying to do like that's the kind of that's the kind of influence that you have now <laughs> uh so no so it's different uh 818 blocked me on everything oh uh, okay that's so much better that's so much better never mind that's so the much fingers better. in the ears uh, la la yeah, la 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 exactly tara mano is <laughs> the one that contacted me <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, Can yeah. you please tell them to oh, take to like call them back and be like, like, listen, just take the gluten thing off because if you do, know, right? you will stop commenting on all of the rocks comments. Like as long as you do that, like you know. <laughs> um, okay, so it's terrible. Uh, it free stuff. Wow. Yeah. yeah terrible. You got blocked me. by eight one eight, huh? That's like. Can you put that on your resume? I now? did, man. I know, right? <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my bio on my social media. Blocked by eight one eight. I think oh, Kendall might have blocked me too, which is crazy. I'm like, are you like, it's yeah. Like, are you really watching my videos? It's kind of weird. Um, She's got millions yeah, of followers was, and she has you blocked. Like that's incredible. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's a I'm win. Saying. That's a win. <laughs> that's a win. I'll take that as a win. I'll see that as an absolute yeah. win. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Let's yeah. move. Let's, let, let's move on to our next, our next one. Yo. Uh. Okay, so this isn't really a story. I just, I we always enjoy lists like this. And um, so on on the spirit business, they're always talking about new brands coming out and, and things like that. Um, so this was the top 10 spirit launches in June of 2021. And I just wanted, I wanted you guys to look at this and go through it and and just kind of tell me what some of your takeaways. And I'll start, I'll start with mine. Um, first of all, there was the Tributo Havana Club that was released the 2021 version, which I didn't know was a thing. And now I want it. So now I'm really upset about that. Um, you know, again, for us Americans, we don't get the real Havana club and it's super disappointing because it's very, or at least the ones that you typically get like the seven or the three are affordable, great rums. I, anytime someone travels internationally, I'm like, like, what can, what, what can I get you over here? I'm like, Hey, on your way back in duty free, grab me some Havana club. Like, I don't care what country you're going to grab me that on the way no. back in. Um, and then my other Mexico. big, yeah, always, always, right? Uh, and then the the other thing was like, again, it, I don't know if this is ever going to stop, but like three new RTDs being launched into the market. It's like this this gravy train is not stopping anytime soon. You know, 
Yeah, Pernod Ricard is getting into it now. Um, it is just it is just relentless. So those were my takeaways. Um, Chris, when you looked at the list, was there anything that jumped out to you that you were kind of like, like, I need to talk about this? Yeah, dog. The very first one actually was uh, Jim Beam Orange, number one on the list. Jim oh, Beam yeah. Orange. Because uh, uh, what was it about a year ago, Drew? We had uh, when we closed out last year, we had the speculation of like, what's the new flavor that's going to take off in whiskey? And yeah. I don't know if Jim Beam Orange is it, but I was like, hmm, applause for trying to figure that one out, too. Everyone's trying to figure <laughs> that shit out. And it's like, oh, please, oh, please, what's the next one? But I think we, we, you and I landed on, I think, I don't remember what you said. I think you said it was going to be another, like, cooking spice. And I said I thought it was going to be, like, something herbal. Like, an herbal infusion. And you, I think you said it was going to be a cooking spice. Somebody else out there is going to have to, like, rewind. Well, you know, yeah, like, if, if we, we had would, a producer, we would, they could do that. But We would go back and listen, but we hate listening to the podcast after, so we never will. So we'll just, like, we're that, just going to be like, right, yeah, yeah. We, we said it. We said it well, a long most, time ago. It's mostly because <laughs> you and I hate the sound of our own voices, and we are both right. equally oh, totally. convinced that, that if you like the sound of your own voice, you are automatically a sociopath. Yes. Yes, yeah, that is <laughs> that is absolutely the case. Um, okay, yeah, my, no, that, my that, ne- that, go, go on. ahead, go on, go on. Oh, I was going to say my my next one is this uh, vegan cream liqueur. Yes, um, I'm so happy you brought that. Uh, up. That just I lost my goddamn mind looking at this packaging and uh, uh, um, just everything about this was awful. I, so, so my, my first thought was like, I was like, this is, this is the tubes that the, that the sperm bank uses like that's, and this is the consistency and the color. This is, that was my first vibe. I was like, I was was like, this is not a great look for a packaging. There was also, it's like, yeah, it's, it's taupe with pink floral writing, vegan being in huge cursive letters, it definitely looks like it's got pink tacks written all over it. Uh, it's called B2B cream liqueur, which uh, nowhere in this article does it actually suggest what B, uh, B2B stands for. And it's letter B to letter B cream liqueur developer. I don't know what the fuck that means, but this, this definitely, it looks like goddamn like suntan lotion from bath and body works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah, is the worst it's, it's, marketing. I really seen. can't wait to try it. I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, and they, they're even launching a soy free line uh, with four different flavors. Like that's, yeah, that's damn you know exciting. That's going to sell out in Silver Lake in LA. <laughs> <laughs> It absolutely will. Good good for you. Um, I will say though that that uh, I am excited about the Luxardo canned cocktails. I know, I know, we're definitely talking about the uh, uh, RTDs, but these are not available in the U.S. uh, or at least they weren't uh, last time I checked. And I am extremely excited about getting these. I very first time I saw a picture of it, I think it was on someone's someone posted a picture of themselves drinking it in like England, London or something like that. And I immediately screenshot it and sent that picture to Stephen Barry, who is our, uh, our anchor. Um, um, not, it's not anchor anymore. It's a, it's, um, 
Hodling. That's right. He's our, he's our local hodling guy here in Sacramento. And he's a very good friend of mine, uh, even though I like to talk shit about him as I do all my friends. Um, and uh, and I was like, why haven't you brought these to me? I don't understand. <laughs> this looks delicious. I I need this. Uh, this uh, Bianco spritz in my life. Uh, and he said, or, or more specifically, the sour cherry gin and tonic, because that sour cherry gin is fucking fire. And yeah. uh, and he said, yeah. well, I haven't brought it to you because it's not available here in the U.S. I'm so angry. So yeah, that's, happy. somebody posted a Luxardo one on my Instagram at Whole Foods. I don't know if it was one of what? those three that sent that article, but they bought it at Whole Foods here in L.A. Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. So I've actually I went back on my Instagram now because I remember she posted. I asked her, like, where did you get this? Uh, this was back in June. And she said it was at Whole Foods. God damn it. It's, so I don't know. So maybe it's not like these three, but. <laughs> but yeah, Barry I'm sucks excited for these two. Let's just be real. Steven Barry, I'm going to need you to go to Whole Foods and buy everything from them and bring it to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, be a good rep. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. So, Lucas, you're excited. You're excited for these. Is there anything else on that list that you think that we need to talk about? Um, I mean, I was going to talk about the Jim Bean, too. Uh, which is pretty much like I was going to compare it to the Don Julio Primavera uh, <laughs> thing because <laughs> they're ancient so, orange I'm wine. I'm so upset about <laughs> that, and 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 I was and I was moving past it. Okay, I was moving past it, and then there is a fellow podcast who's in the spirits industry, and they also have like a store, and it's Cast Cartel in Southern California, and they posted. Oh, cool. They posted about it, and they, and they usually do a really good job. But they're definitely like, you know, they they get taken care of, but they do a great job. Um, and they were talking about it there, and they in the notes of their Instagram post, they're like, it tastes like tequila, but then with a hint of orange. And I just was like, I was like, do you think orange wines taste like orange? Like, did you try this at all? Because that is not the case exactly. at all. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that is, that is not. Damn it. That is not a thing. I was like, I was like, I was like, oh. you can't, you, you can't pull citrus notes from an orange. Like, that's not like, you can't like, this is not what this is. And it just, it just comes to show you how misunderstood this product is. Oh, and yes. like these, these, these guys are professionals. They review products all the time and they were like a hint of orange. And I just was like, how dare you? And they, I, I commented, they haven't commented back yeah. yet because I think they might have realized what a stupid thing they said. Dude, but, but that's, um, I see that in every single post about it. It tastes like macerated oranges because it's uh, Asian orange wine uh, barrels. And I'm like, do you guys think orange wine is made out of oranges? Like, I, It's 100% what they think. It is 100% what they think. Okay, okay. Break it down for our listeners who might not know. Uh, orange wine, uh, uh, go. It's skin contact wine. It's very yeah, – it's like it it's. Is. It's it's similar. It's similar to like almost doing like a rosé, but it's just like, you know, you're fermenting with your skins and typically like, like I see it a lot with our Georgian wines in Georgia. They call them ambers. They don't call them orange wines, which I think helps avoid a lot of the confusion. Um, But they are they are also orange wines, Um, but it's just skin contact wine. It's not. There's just no fucking oranges in this stuff. Like it just, it, it, and I knew this was gonna happen. And when I saw that today, I just was like, I was so angry. I was just like, I was like, no, no, you're not allowed to say this. Like you know too much. You clearly didn't try this. You clearly didn't try yeah. this. 
I might need to make so, a video about the Primavera. <laughs> please do, and just get into like, yes, yes, just just God, break yeah. down like, yes, there are <laughs> orange wines, but none of this makes sense, you know? Because then, because yeah. then, even then, like the the thing that I that I find really annoying because I do love orange wines and I do love amber mm-hmm. wines, is that most of these are not going into a barrel. Like, and right. if they are going into a barrel, it is a very, very short amount of time. So to even season a barrel, yeah, like to season a barrel as an yeah. orange wine influenced barrel is so completely ludicrous that like everything, I mean, this is just the perfect Diageo marketing machine exactly. saying orange wines are big right now. Let's put our tequila in it and then sell it to idiots. Let's go. I yeah. mean, and then and you make shit, the that's, what I, that's what I did with Grey Goose back orange. in the day. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, no, and they're leaning into it. They they absolutely are. And again, at the end of the day, it's like I don't I don't blame like Chris if you carried it. I don't blame you one iota at all. Like I just be like, yep, you because people are yep. going to buy it because again they're dumb. And it's just kind of like they they see this product. I actually had one account who was commenting on well, it. Th- he goes, thanks for letting me off the hook, buddy. Yeah, he, so he's like, <laughs> he's like, the, he's like, the weird thing about it is it actually tastes more like how good tequila should taste because it doesn't have that overwhelming vanilla flavor profile that mm. Don Julio has now because of you know additions. Yeah. And he goes, I just like, it's like people are going to buy this and they're going to be pissed because they're like, it's going to taste like real tequila and they're not used to drinking that. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's just, it's uh, like, oh my god, it's just brutal. But, um, yeah. but yes, Lucas, if you don't do a, a video on that now, like I did, I, mean, I know I need our... to have, I, yeah, I need to do it. Maybe I'll find a box somewhere <laughs> so I can make it on the video. There you just go, the box. Just the box. Just the box. <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm sure someone, I'm sure someone has one for you. We'll, yeah, we'll know, make right? it happen. It'll be good. It'll be good. Okay. Well, it, are, are there any other? Are there any other top brands or top new additions in June that we need? Yeah, to talk I about? got. I got one more, man. I got the. I got okay. the McAllen concept number three. Uh, McAllen okay, yeah. has. They have. I don't really know too many other brands that have really leaned as hard into this like collectability, in at least a contemporary modern age as McAllen has done. Um, I, McAllen still in the United States is very much considered like a brand name that a lot of people know, but it still is like that special, uh, you know, the special moment scotch. It's, it's probably not generally considered like an everyday scotch. Maybe McAllen 12 is right, but definitely nothing outside of that. It, 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 they've, they've moved themselves into premium, uh, definitely. But their uh, their concept scotches, uh, which are in which are allocated first of all, but then also allocated only to um, duty free stores internationally. Uh, I know people like personally who travel internationally just the way they can go into the shop and buy those fucking wow. McAllen uh, bottles. And they're so hard to find and so hard to get. And like people are losing their damn minds. I'm part of a, like a McAllen lovers Facebook um, group and everyone's talking about like, and it's an international group. So people were like, Oh my God, like, Hey, if you're going to, if you're going, uh, you know, to Heathrow, grab this bottle for me. If you're going fucking here, grab that one for me. It's insane. So every time there was this great meme 
of uh fucking borat back in the day of like that ah, 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 i'm never gonna get it ah, 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 i'm never gonna get it and someone like posted like a mccallan concept like over like over someone's face with borat doing yeah. that and i sent it to i sent it to my mccallan reps and they were like ouch that's really good because <laughs> it's they're impossible to fucking find so like this mccallan concept number three like yeah it's releasing but no one's getting it never you're probably never gonna see it no. Well, that's okay. There's plenty of other sherry whiskeys out there that are way better and approachable. So <laughs> we'll live to fight another day. Ouch! I guess we uh, we're getting rid of that uh, that McKellen advertisement when uh, <laughs> I do. It's never I do like the uh, the additions. The additions are really good. Like I, I do like, like the those additions. are the additions are really good. I I just I find myself with like um, the twelve and. And the 18, especially the 18, I just was like, what happened to this whiskey? Like this used to be, I, or, at least, or maybe it's just my palate changing, right? Where it's just kind of like, this well, is I, just... The, the 15 is, is incredible, and now it's discontinued um, in order to keep up with Which the is a bummer, because that's such a great a, year for a lot of single malt whiskeys. It really you know? is. It really is, yeah. Uh, maybe one day it comes back. I've got one on my No Touchy shelf at, uh, at Good Bottle that uh, someday I'll put out on the Yes Touchy shelf. It's definitely more there you go you know who's dope them over there okay so now it's time for uh my favorite segment of the week and that is the dope follows and and i know i always say this but i was thinking about dope follows today and it is so true because the different people and books and podcasts that i've been exposed to because of this section of the show like if like people can completely disregard the rest of our show i don't care Listen to the dope follows because the things that people come up with are so great, and I have benefited so uh, so immensely from them over like you know the last two years of doing this show that I just love it. So this is legitimately the best best part of the show. This is where we're going to tell you the cool people to follow to check out. It could be Instagram, uh, you know, profiles. It could be a different podcast, books, all the things I just mentioned. Whatever the case is, like these are these things are dope and they should be in your life. So with that said. Lucas, who is your dope follow this week? So for me, it have to be a Thirsty Whale. I don't know if you guys follow him. Uh, he's mostly on TikTok as well, but he's also on Instagram. Um, his name is Justin. He's from the East Coast. This dude has never bartended a day in his life, uh, but he started reading cocktail books, and he is better than most bartenders I've worked with. Uh, his knowledge of bartenders his knowledge of cocktails, his knowledge of like ice making and ice uh, cutting, um, his knowledge of like classic cocktails and tiki cocktails, sometimes better than me, to be honest. Um, and he's just a hilarious dude. He makes really funny videos. Uh, he has this thing that he's like, uh, you if you don't juice your own citrus, and then he'll make like a super funny joke about it. Like, you better juice your own citrus when you're making a cocktail. Um, yeah, and yeah. he's just... An awesome dope follow uh so yeah the thirsty whale hell yeah thirsty whale the, okay is it the thirsty whale or is it thirsty whale uh let me check i believe it's just thirsty whale but okay it's a great it's a great name that's a yeah. great name right and i hope he like one is just thirsty whale uh i hope he like opens a bar one day called thirsty whale but yeah his his collections of spirits is insane from like for the longest time, I thought he would he was a cocktail bartender somewhere. And then we started talking, and he was like, I oh, know, dude, I've never bartended in my life. Uh, 
<laughs> so it's it's pretty cool that's to see so somebody. Cool. And his that's knowledge really cool. of the industry and all that is it's pretty cool. Uh, that's great. Hey, uh, Chris, just so you know, um, one of our dope follows from last week, Lord Von Schmidt reached out to us on our Instagram. No. And he was like, and he was like, he's like, Hey, are you guys talking about me on your podcast? We're like, yeah, you're one of our dope follows. He's like, cool. It's like, that's really great. So, um, hell yeah. So now we're on Lord Von, we're on Lord Von Schmidt's, um, uh, radar. radar. Lucas, that's if, great. If you're not familiar with that account, like it's yeah. completely ridiculous. He, uh, he knits outfits and like okay. but like really like really crazy ones um and so yeah lord von schmidt you just gotta you Ooh, gotta check von it out schmidt. like i i just got a crazy I, idea maybe we can him. convince lord von schmidt to crochet a fanny pack just one that we can auction <laughs> off for charity because our fanny packs have blown up people are like loving our fanny packs our it's, fanny packs are the number one seller that is true. That's right. On our Etsy shop. Uh, so maybe, yeah. maybe he can, maybe he, we can convince him to crochet a fanny pack, and we can, uh, we can auction it off for charity somehow. I mean, I'll, I'll ask him. Isn't yeah. it just like ridiculous? Like you yeah. know, so it's like super funny, right? Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, so well, you'll we'll find out. I want. Yeah, I wanted to. Okay, uh, Chris, who's your don't follow this week? Okay, so so mine's sort of uh, it's a little bit on the nostalgia, a little bit on the comedy side. It's uh, on Instagram. It's this was Hollywood, uh, and it's they literally just, they take cuts of of movies and they're like, this is what Hollywood used to be, you know. And some of it's some of it's fun. You like you have like some uh, uh, Ginger and Fred Astaire uh, dancing across the stage, which was really cool. But then you have you know, VCR of death style, really terrible death scenes that are just hilariously bad. Um, and they just take, they take everything that, and it's all like movie nostalgia and they, they put it out there and it's a lot of fun. It's just simple, feel good stuff. Um, that just kind of, you know, breaks the monotony of, of general Instagram ness and, and fucking doom scrolling. I love it. Yeah. I love it. What about you, buddy? Um, so, so mine's a, it's an Instagram profile and a book, uh, over, over our little break. I, I read this book called, um, dream first details later. And it was, uh, written by Ellen Marie Bennett, which is also her Instagram handle. And she's the one that does the, um, like the chef aprons, like the Headley and Bennett chef, chef aprons, which are like really nice and high quality stuff. So it's, so it's her story in how she came up with this concept and what she did. And, um, I believe that I, I listened to her on one of our favorite podcasts, um, gold digger. And when I, so I like picked up her book cause I really liked, I really liked the concept, especially after this past year. And, and again, to kind of go back to this, this thing we've been talking about all night where it was like, like, just start doing it just just go out there and pursue these projects and and go with it. So again like the the book is called Dream First Details Later, which Chris I really want you to read this because I think you would, you know, it you speaks can really from what it does speak to you. Well, you know, because again it's like, you know, she's she's starting these projects and it's like she's adapting and she's she's pivoting and she's doing all these different things and um, you know, for for the listeners at home like Chris sometimes like needs everything to be perfect before he does it and sometimes and then it doesn't happen so it's like no 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 just do it and then you'll figure it out and when he does it like the projects end up being really cool so so it's a really good book and then um she's a really fun follow on instagram as well like i just i 
the, the book's super easy to knock out. It has really good stories in it. And, um, and just, it's, it's just motivating. And I think as we all continue to grow our individual brands and, you know, talk about the things that we care about, it was like, it was just, it was a really good shot in the arm and uh, really good. So again, the book is dream first details later. Her Instagram is Ellen Marie Bennett and it's Bennett with two T's. Um, and she's just adorable and just super, super fun and motivated and just very successful. And it's like seeing someone successful like that is just great. So, so that's my don't follow. This I, lo- I love her. I love the. I love the aprons too. That's one of the brands that I was like, one day I want to work with them. Um, yeah, yeah. Their content on TikTok is pretty awesome as well. Like they're, it's such a cool. Ooh, what's the, What's their TikTok? Uh, Headley and Bennett. Uh, oh, and Headley and they, Bennett. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, they work with this uh, guy from uh, LA as well, whose restaurant closed, and he started making uh, recipe videos on TikTok, and he blew up. So now he's Dope. like their brand ambassador, pretty much. Uh, his name is Sad Pappy, and oh, yeah, I know made, Sad Pappy. Yeah, yeah, Sad Pappy. So Sad yeah, Pappy's yeah, like yeah. their brand ambassador, pretty much. They do. Uh, he does videos for them all the time. It's pretty cool. That's yeah, amazing. And they, and they and she talks about in her book like collaborating and stuff like that. And that was, um, uh, you know, as as we've retooled the podcast this year, you know, a lot of it like sometimes we would have guests and things like that. And then for this season, we were really like. Like, no, we want to have guests every single time. And it's been amazing because it's like, you know, Lucas, like we've talked via Instagram and and things like that. But like, this is our first time just being able to jam with each other and stuff like that. And it's just, it's so much fun to connect with like-minded people and kind of have this really instant rapport. Like, you know, a couple, uh, a couple months ago, you know, we had Nadia on and she was super great. We'd become friends with her too. And it's just like, you have all these like-minded people and being able to collaborate and do these cool projects together where it's just kind of like, it's like, Hey, check out this person there check out this person there. Here's a different side of maybe, you know, this thing that you've been following is a little bit different now, you know, like maybe there were some questions tonight that some of your followers are going to be like, like, Oh, I didn't know that about him. Like, that's kind of cool. Like, I didn't know he was right. a beer buyer. Like I didn't know that. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I really hope that you get to collaborate with them as well. Cause I, I think that's, I think that's a perfect match just based off what you've done over the past year. And then after reading her book, I think I would love to see that happen. So hopefully I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Hopefully, Hopefully it does. That would be, that'd be dope. Yeah. And then we can have more dope follows because those, exactly. all those were some pretty dope follows. <laughs> yes. The music for the Good Bottle Podcast is orchestrated by the Bar Brothers. And produced awkwardly by us two guys. Before we go and kill these drinks that we've been drinking, and we've been drinking all of them, uh, we ask that if you've enjoyed this episode, which obviously you have, please come subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Good Bottle Podcast. We are in 15 countries now on this podcast, by the way. We're blowing up. It's huge. That's right. Um, you can also check out our personal accounts. D Garrison 6 is me. Chris Sinclair is my good buddy, Chris. Uh, Lucas, what is what are your social media handles? Plug them for us. Uh, they're all at the Lucas Asuits uh, on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And you know what, Drew? You need to uh, you need to plug my uh, my TikTok too. I need more uh, I need more followers on TikTok, man. No, you don't. Lucas already told us that you don't need followers. You just need better content. So Ouch. That's on. That's on you. Um, but oh, yes, go man. Su- go support Chris's TikTok and like his videos or whatever, however TikTok works. Um, but you Cheryl. can also go yeah. visit our go visit our Etsy store 
and look up Good Bottle Podcast. You can get yourself your own fanny pack or you can get a t-shirt that says self-proclaimed booze pundit. That's right. You could be one of those too. Um, or you can visit uh, anchor.fm slash Podcast and give us some more money to increase you know, production, buy more of Lucas's shirts of Don't Buy Celebrity Tequila, which are super awesome, um, and, and all that. Just, just go out and, and, and support us. We appreciate it. And if you would like for us to cover a story or if you're working on a brand that wants to be featured, please email us at thegoodbottlepodcast at gmail.com. And as a reminder, you can purchase the bottles that we drink uh, on this episode, except for Lucas. Lucas, you can't buy his bottle, but we're going to get samples of it. Not yet. Um, Not at yet. thegoodbottleshop.com. And yeah, and until next time, I just want to say thank you, Lucas. You're the best. It was so great to have you on tonight. And cheers. Cheers, yo. Cheers, guys. Thank you. So many cheers. Just keep drinking.